Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Um, come right on down. You're welcome to come as close as you like. You can go to ticketed seats after we've finished. Welcome. I'm Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. And it's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Opera House, the War Memorial Opera House in San Francisco, and to this Meet the Artist interview program on Tuesday, April 9th, 2013. Uh, you're heckling already, it's great. <laughs> and <clears throat> this is opening night of program six, which is going to be great fun. Really looking forward to that. As you know, the Center for Dance Education produces this series of programs, the points of view lectures that occur on selected Wednesdays throughout the season. Um, they produce any, other, uh, any number of other uh, educational programming for children as well as adults here in the Opera House as well as out in the community. We always like to refer you to the ballet's website, sfballet.org, where you can find a wealth of information about programming and scheduling and upcoming events. Um, as most of you are aware, these interviews and programs are recorded for podcast at a future date. Um, many of you have let us know that you're looking for those podcasts, and we are unfortunately experiencing some technical difficulties in getting them, the ubiquitous technical difficulties, in getting them up and running. So um, be patient, keep referring back, they will appear. It might not be until the end of the season, but that will be fun because you can go back and review the entire season all at once. Um, this, is, uh, this evening, I am so pleased that we are going to be in conversation. Um, Bruce Sansom has been involved with San Francisco Ballet over many, many years and many, many different roles. And the immediate involvement is with the Ballet Raimonda, which will be, of course, on this evening's program. But I want to say thank you and welcome. Thank you very much. And uh, yes, of course. I'm glad to have you here. Um, I, I remember vividly, and some of these folks might as well, when you appeared here as a performer. And that was... Several decades ago. <laughs> and you were, um, I know... I was younger then. Sorry, I will, I will behave myself, I promise. <laughs> and, but I do remember distinctly, it was a prince. I but certainly danced yeah. Sleeping Beauty mm -hmm. um, and Swan Lake. Sleeping Beauty I did on tour. Did I do it here as well? But Swan Lake I certainly did here and La Fumagade as the mm -hmm. full lengths mm -hmm. and Nutcracker. I don't think I danced Nutcracker. Hmm. They let me go at that point, which was interesting. And then you returned um, in an interesting capacity. Um, I seem to remember... Um, I don't remember the exact title, but it was um, part of an administ artistic administration project. It, it was a training program. Mm -hmm. I was um, transitioning from dancer to uh, management, and the company gave me the opportunity to come and work with every department mm -hmm. across um, what happens over in the Valley Building, 
across the road. And that meant both artistic and administrative. I think the only departments I didn't work in were things like wardrobe and, and production in terms of the making of things, but everything else I was embedded in. It was great fun and very, very enlightening and, and extremely useful to get a, a view of how an organization operates. I think as a dancer, things are done for you. Um, and then you look at the other side and you realize that everything everyone else is doing is to make a dancer's life possible, so. Yeah, and then you returned to your native land. Um, I know you kept busy there for a while, but then reappeared here. Yes, I came back as ballet master and assistant to the artistic director for three seasons mm -hmm. I was here and I left last May and I'm back here now um, sort of tidying up loose ends. Um, Raymonda, I pronounce it Raymonda mainly because Raymonda sounds like everyone's moaning about it already. I'm <laughs> it's Raymonda. so American. Um, and I'm back to restage that because it went on last year and that was one of my responsibilities and then also um, to work on the new Christopher Wheeldon Cinderella, because I'd been out in Amsterdam for a month watching him um, finalize that in the studio and then transfer it onto the stage, and I saw the first performance there. And I think most of you are aware of the somewhat unusual circumstances putting Cinderella together on two companies and then blending it as one production, so you had a hand in that. Uh, I will have a hand in it. Um, I was very much an observer in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. I came back here about six weeks ago and spent two weeks teaching um, almost everything that the company does by the principal dancers that uh, had been done on the Dutch dancers. And I've got one more number to teach, a very complicated number, um, which I hope I will do on Tuesday, a week today, is the plan, because Christopher is in town on Tuesday and he will start working with the principals. And Cinderella, once, once we've got both of these programs on, we're on to the next, it's full on. And straight on till the end of the season, which is at a full gallop. Um, let's get serious. Oh, uh, oh. No, before we get serious, is everyone coming to Cinderella? <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, having seen a, a performance, a live performance, I have to say, I think it's a very, very special production. Um, and I'm saying that having been brought up with Ashton's, Sir Frederick Ashton's production, and I think Christopher has done a wonderful job of retelling the same story with fresh eyes and a fresh voice. And he hasn't undermined anything Ashton has done, but he's created a very special production that's a visual treat. It really is very special. So, glad you're coming. Oh, can't wait. Um, all right, let's talk about Raimonda. Um, tell us, first of all, w what are we seeing? And this particular version, um, we all know this is part of a three-act ballet with one of those classical Pedipas stories that you couldn't even begin to tell. Yeah, just forget about the story. The story is, is madness. Um, there are lots of confusions because Rudolf Nureyev did several productions of this ballet. When he defected um, and 
uh, went into Europe. He was invited to dance with the Royal Ballet and the director, the founding director of the Royal Ballet, Nanette de Valois, asked him if he would mount a production from the Kirov. And he wanted to do Raymonda. And Raymonda is a full length, huge histrionic story, but it has a, an exceptionally beautiful score and it has some incredibly um, difficult but stunning um, work for the dancers. And the solos are spread right across all three acts. And what Rudolph decided to do was just to do the last act and to bring all the good solos into this one act. So you get a real feast of dancing. Um, when I was dancing with um, San Francisco Ballet back in the 90, early 90s, um, they did the Paris Opera version of Rudolph's Raimonda. And they did the last act, but that was the last act of the full ballet. So it was minus some of the solos. And I turned to, to Helgi and I said, you're missing bits. You're not giving your dancers the opportunity to do all that is there. Um, and so when I was back here, he, he decided he would see if we could mount Raimonda, um, the, the Royal Ballet version. And people have been coming in and out saying, so which version is this? Why is it different? And certain aspects of the steps and, and the structure are slightly different from the Paris opera version, apart from the fact that there are more solos being danced. But that's because he did the Royal Ballet version back in 1966, I think it was, and the Paris opera version in the 80s. So he had evolved the work somewhat. But what's also incredible is if you look in the history books, Rudolf mounted what you're going to see um, from memory, and he had apparently only danced in the production four times himself. And he just remembered it all. He had a great memory for um, steps and structure and shape and form and style. And that's what this ballet is, in effect, all about. Is it informed in any way by other Russian dancers who might have danced it and would come out and, you know, over shots of vodka, remember that it was this way or that way? And no, and that's one of the things that this is, this is the version that the Royal Ballet did. This is what um, Rudolf set on the Royal Ballet, and they've kept it straight as that, partly because um, the Royal Ballet uses a, a system of notation so they can record. And it's quite a, interesting because the videotape I have of the Royal Ballet doing it, the two lead dancers, one from the Bolshoi and one from the Kirov, um, Irek Mukhamadov, as Jean de Brienne, and Altanaya Silmaratova um, as Raimonda. And they're doing their own thing. <laughs> and so I get dancers here watching that tape saying, but that's not what you're telling us to do. I said, no, no, you're going to do the Royal Ballet version and not that version. It's just subtle differences, but they're differences and they matter. And I think it's really important to... Um, be able to preserve something how it should be done. Um, that doesn't say that other productions are wrong. It's just if you're going to do this production, this is the way you do it. We've heard many ballet masters and um, choreologists and repetiteurs talk about how works evolve. And I know 
just to throw out the Balanchine repertoire. There are versions of it that are standard from this decade and then another from the next decade and so on. So this shouldn't surprise us, really, that there are well, uh, subtle differences over, the, yeah. over time. As I say, with the Paris mm -hmm. Opera version, mm -hmm. there are differences. Mm -hmm. He had evolved it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this is, a, this is a marker in time. Mm -hmm. This is the version. Mm -hmm. um, one, there are a couple of things about Raimonda in general. It's Petipa's last work, his last great work. And he worked with a young, up-and-coming composer, Glasinov. And apparently Glasinov was very nervous because he was in Tchaikovsky's shadow. And they worked very closely together um, in the Petipa style. And the result is just poetry. It's just the most gorgeous music. Um, the other thing that I love, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, what I love about this production is it, it shimmers. And I talk to the dancers, especially the ballerinas, that they need to shimmer. They need to um, sort of draw the light on them and reflect it back. And the music does that. And it, you just hear that overture. And I've gone shivery just thinking about it. It's, it's incredibly delicate, but also very strong and generous. It's a, it's a fascinating mixture, and that's what is translated into dance on the stage as well. Another element is the um, enhanced work for men. And I was just reading that Petipa was not comfortable working with male dancers particularly. He always had to borrow from the ballet masters who worked with the men, and that he sat in the, the main company men's class and watched the teacher Johansson and, and probably stole combinations, and that that's where the famous pas de came. Why don't you describe the pas de for men? Um, it's a pas de It's a, a dance for four men, and it's quite rare to see something that is that physically, technically, demanding. Um, it's all pure classwork steps. I mean, almost the whole ballet is classwork steps for the classical dancers. And what is challenging is to have four dancers who can do the steps perfectly and do it all together and look like they are one. Um, and generally speaking, um, the men are not so um, rigid about their corps de ballet work. So basically, you're asking four soloists to get up there, perform as soloists, but do it as if they're part of a corps de ballet. And so there's an extra pressure, an extra demand on them. You, you can't fluff anything, or if you do, either one person is right and three are wrong, or three and right are one is wrong. And the trick is to make out that you're the one that's right. <laughs> Those poor boys are sitting backstage moaning at the moment, I'm sure. Um, they can, if they're listening to me, because this is sometimes broadcast backstage, they can remember to hold their arabesques the way I want them held, okay? Right. Um, and then another thing that is wonderfully special about Raimonda is the, um, the importance of what we call character dance, or the character work, the, the element of folk dance, or national dance. And um, we were chatting about um, how special it is and how in an older generation we were all trained that way and how these dancers are being asked to do this incredibly beautiful, very um, 
historically profound from the Petipa era dance. So talk a little bit about what we even mean by character dance. Um, oh, character dance, I mean, traditionally the dancers will have heels, um, not particularly high, but it, it changes the balance and it changes the look and feel of how they stand and it changes the look and feel of how a, an extended leg looks. And for this ballet, the men are all in boots. In fact, the ladies are in boots rather than shoes as well. Um, it's much more grounded. It's, it's heavier and I wouldn't say necessarily more robust, but it's, it doesn't have the lightness that's demanded of the classical work. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a close call to sort of talk about weight and, and lightness because the male dancers, particularly in the part of cat, it's good, strong, masculine dancing. But for um, the Hungarians, it tends to be more um, grounded. They don't do much, or if any, jumping until the very end of their section. They travel across the stage um, very fast, doing repeated steps with a lot of body movement um, and shifting from side to side, what we call a pomon, which is shouldering, when you move your shoulders around your spine. Um, and they do it with more um, physicality than the um, classical dancers will do. But when we were talking about this, I was, I was sort of pointing out to Mary that actually everybody on stage is a character dancer in that the style, the look and feel, even for the classical dancers, is quite different from most other classical ballets. Just the alignment of, of the head in an arabesque is this way, and often you'd be here or you'd be, or you'd be here. Um, and it's very, very particular. So the classical dancers mirror what the Hungarians have already delivered for us. So the, the look of head and arms and shoulders is Petipa's way of portraying the locale, which is Hungary, and the um, somewhat time in history which is the Middle Ages, vaguely. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. The uh, character dance is very important in all of the 19th century classics. It's just there in all of them. Think about Coppelia with the Mazurka and the Chardash, which are very important. Think about um, Swan Lake in the third act in the ballroom where there are lots of, there's a Chardash and there's a Mazurka and there's a Spanish dance. and Petipa loved to pull national dances, and then he would not, you're, what you're not, you're not seeing what you would see if you went to a village, to the village square, and saw folk dance. You're seeing stylized for the theater with a front and a back, um, but very, Yes, it's, it's become, it's become yeah. refined, it's become a, a technique in the same way that um, composers would take fake, a uh, fake, folk music, um, folk music and, and work it into their, their scores. You think of people like Dvorak, who really took traditional tunes and then created something that anyone who knew those tunes would know them, but the rest of us would just accept it as something that gave you a sense, a color of the landscape, the, the people that it represents. For those of you who have come in as after we started, um, 
I'm speaking with Bruce Sanson, who is a ballet master, has worked with the company a great deal over years, and is talking about Raimonda, for which he is the responsible ballet master. Um, at this time, why don't we start by asking if anyone has questions, and I know we might end up with more stimulating conversation generated by you all. Does someone want to start? Hand up? No. Oh. <laughs> Yes, over here. Uh, okay, um, the question is what did I, what did I, I mean about the soloist not doing the corps de ballet? Um, is that talking about the part of cat particularly? Um. I, I mean, basically there are eight classical couples who come in with the principal classical couple and do an opening section. And then soloists come out and do solos. But the four men do a dance for, for four men. And that's rare for them to do something that, that is that exposed, um, but demands they, they work all in unison. I mean, they will all know how to be quarter ballet members, but the the, the technical demands and the, and the visibility in this number means that quite often if they were doing it on their own, they could sort of throw something in or make a little adjustment if something goes wrong. This doesn't really allow that um, because they have to be absolutely in unison. Yeah, another way of putting it, it, the four men are each doing what would pass for a variation, a solo variation. It's just hard technical stuff, but there's four of them doing it at once. And, and before them, there are three ladies who do a pas de trois, which is so pretty, and when it's all together, it looks like a jewelry box. Um, but because the demands are high and they have to really work um, together so tightly, it, if it doesn't work well, it, you know, it's just not as crisp, not as, as joyous to watch. So the demands are less about doing the steps, but doing the steps together that, that ramps up um, the pressure on them. Somebody else? Sure. Um, yeah. Um, the, the question was whether I had been a repetitor with Nerev. No, um, I wasn't. But when the ballet was set last year, um, a choreologist, a person who reads the notation, came over from the Royal Ballet, a gentleman I know very well, Grant Coyle, and he set the work from the notation, and he and I worked together very closely, because I've done several roles within this ballet. Um, and have a very good um, visual memory for the look, feel, and style of it. Um, I am too young to have been a repetitor with Nureyev, but I did dance on the stage with him um, initially when I think I was 11 as a child in Nutcracker. Um, but I did dance this, um, I think I was probably one of the Hungarian couples I might have done one of the classical couples when he was still dancing this role. But he did Hungarian and classical side couples. Anybody over here? You're being ignored. Okay, um, yeah. Where are you where, from? Where am I from? Where did I fly back to? I'm from London. I, was, I danced with the Royal Ballet for many years. 
And then when I retired from dancing, I came out here to the training program. Um, and then I went back to London. I, I worked with a couple of organizations. I ran an organization. And then I returned back to um, working in the studio. I realized that um, working behind a desk was great, but I wasn't fulfilling a very important part of my sort of history and what I needed to impart. So I came back to the studio. And now I'm working freelance, so a similar capacity, but looking for work left, right, and center. Um, there was another question. Yeah, yes. Um, the, the, question, um, the, the question is, um, Nureyev um, brought male dancing to the fore, and he brought a lot of prominence to um, the role that the man had on the stage. He was a huge influence. I mean, he really is the influence on what the demands um, have been on the male dancer for the last 40, 50 years. Um, he will have beefed up what he had seen. But Petipa, this ballet has, has evolved from when Petipa set it, and then Nureyev is taking what he knew of as the Kirov production and creating his own version of it. Um, so it is bigger, it is stronger, it is asking much more of the men. But Rudolf really was the one who opened the door um, for men to not just be the dancer nobler standing behind and partnering. Um, and, and transformed um, what that meant for classical technique as well as visibility. We might underscore that Petipa created this ballet in 1898. And when he introduced this pot of cat for the four men, it was, it was a leap forward in his style and, and in his attempting this. But, he's, but the prominence of the male wasn't really established until 50 years later, thanks to Nureyev, really, yeah. Um, maybe a couple more questions. There was one, yes, yours. Okay, so the, the, the question is whether character shoes were part of the original Petipa production or whether um, Nareff introduced them into this. If you think about all those Petipa ballets, everyone will have character numbers in it where dancers are wearing character shoes. All of them. Um, simply because that was what was expected. There was a, a range of dance and dance styles. Otherwise, if all you get is classical, it's a bit like going into a, an art gallery where there's too many pictures, you can't take it all in. You need, you need variation, you need contemporary, you need classical, you need um, uh, modernistic. So that's sort of what always happened. So no, traditionally there would have been character shoes or boots in this production way back when Petipa did it. And each comp the companies, the great um, Russian companies, the European companies that followed had specialists 
who would be the classical ballet specialists and the character dance specialists. So um, that's just part of the tradition. Um, the, on the floor, there's what we call a floor cloth, which is a, a very thick, tough canvas. Um, and for anyone who is not in the stalls, you will get a better view of it. It's, it is beautifully painted and ties in the whole set. When I was a young dancer, we did a huge number of productions on floor cloths. Um, partly because in my old day, linoleum wasn't really around. We had wooden floors or cloths. And they, from, from my eye, cloths are wonderful because they absorb light rather than reflect it. And you can do a lot more interesting things with lighting. Um, they, they give a certain warmth and coverage that is unlike a linoleum. However, um, it's a bit like having a slippery rug in your hall on a wooden floor. They do move, so they have to be really tightly stretched um, to make sure they're as secure as they can be. Um, but the dancers can use rosin on them, which is, is a, a big help because on linoleum you shouldn't really use rosin. Um, but what tends to happen is you're, if you think about turning on a piece of cloth, you'll feel it move. Um, so the tighter it is, the less it will move. So it's a little unnerving to feel it. And I would actually say it's the men who have a harder problem because they're traveling fast and stopping. And that's when you sort of get that bunching up feel. So it looks great. And when we did it last year, I purposely made sure we had the cloth in the studio for three days so they would get used to it before they came over onto the stage and sort of freaked out. And you made a little comment about sitting in the stalls. For those of us Americans, what you're referring to oh. is the orchestra. I'm so sorry. That's the orchestra. <laughs> Let me just point out, okay? If you're sitting in the orchestra, you should be playing an instrument and earning money, okay? I wish we had time for all of your questions. When we hear the it's half hour from back there, we know that there are signals going on that tell us that we really do need to wrap it up. They need some of our technology here. So I'm sorry if we didn't get to your question. I have been in conversation with Bruce Sansom, ballet master, who is working especially with Ramonda. Delightful to have you back. Thank I want you. to encourage all of you to come back later in the week for program seven and to go to the website and check out all the wonderful information that's there. And, and re-listen to the podcast when it yeah, finally right. comes out. Yes, okay. the podcast. And, of course, I hope most of you have seen that next season has been announced. That's on the website, and we've got riches in store for next year. And with that, we'll say enjoy the performance. Thank you, Bruce.